Everyone, welcome to episode seven of the Great Connections podcast. My name is Chloe. Join me as we get to know the stories of overseas Filipinos and listen in on what it's like to make a living in a new country away from home. The Great Connections podcast, brought to you by the freebie app, Descarteng Pinoy, Descarteng Freebie. Now, I'm really excited for this one because we got a really special guest on the pod. As award-winning writer Shakira Sison shares her story and experience on being a Filipina lesbian abroad. Sad to say, even though it's already 2021, Asian hate crimes, gender-based discrimination, and other acts of hate are still prominent in some parts of the world. And for some of our overseas Filipino brothers and sisters, the fear of being the subject of these misguided acts is real and affects their daily lives. That being said, by having Shakira on the pod today and her sharing her story, we hope that this episode can be a source of wisdom, information, and inspiration for all overseas Filipinos. This is Episode 7, Out and Abroad, Pinoy Pride with Shakira Sison. Hi, Shakira. How are Hi. you? Hi. Thanks so much for having me. Absolutely. We're very happy to have you on the podcast. Uh, as we are recording right now, you are in New York, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm in Brooklyn, New York. And what time is it there? It is 7.45 p.m. 7:45. I'm all the way in the Middle East, halfway across the world. So ako naman dito ang mga ano, a little past, uh, a little before three o'clock in the morning, oh, wow, I love good technology. Morning. <laughs> good morning <laughs> to the both of. Oh, well, good morning I to me I, and good evening to I you. Thank you. You might love and hate technology. <laughs> yeah, pero tayong ganyang relationship. It's kind of like a a, a tug of war of emotions with technology. Yes, pero Ngayon, we're very happy because it's helping us reach you half of, uh, halfway across the world to have this chat. And this is going to be inspiring and meaning, meaningful and um, syempre very, ano to eh, pe, uh, very thought-opening to para sa atin, mind-opening. So I want to start at the very beginning of your story or your journey, as you may want to call it. When did you realize that you were attracted to the same sex or you are you are who you are. Kailan, may turning point ba yon? What age were you? I mean, how old were you at the time? Tell us about that. Okay. Uh, I think I was pretty, like, boyish when I was a kid. Pero, mm-hmm. like, um, as far as, like, attractions, maybe I, I had, like, a few crushes here and there, but I never really thought about it. Also, because since I was very boyish and I played mga kalaro ko puro lalaki and ang hilig ko sa sports, Parati akong pinapagalitan, right? Not my parents, not at all, but like, you know, other grown-ups parating sinasabihan na walang magkakagusto sa'yo, kung ganyan, kung titibuka, right? So, or if you like sports too much, no one's going to, no boy is going to like you. So, medyo parang, you know, when you're a child, parang, when you're a girl, right? Parang yun yung ideal situation na, Parang that's where you're, pag walang magkagusto sa'yo, parang worthless ka na, right? So, medyo na- Parang so, yeah, yung social construct, yes, yeah, right? that's Just true. Parang, especially girls, and that's what you teach girls, which is kind of terrible, right? Kasi parang- It's problematic. <laughs> it's problematic, like, hoy, huwag kang tataba, right? Or yung skin mo, mm. alagaan mo, or like, huwag kang magpapaitim, right? We always hear this, and parang, mm. I, I used to always be told, like, oh, huwag kang, you know, sa sports, like, Pag madami kang peklat, walang magkakagusto sa'yo, right? So it became like this, like, objective, like, in order for you to have worth as a girl and as a woman, kailangan may magkagusto sa'yo na lalaki, right? So I, like, really, like, internalized that, I think. Even being boyish, I made it my objective na mag- may magkakagusto sa'kin. Like, boys will like me. I will make it happen that I oh, will wow. Boyfriends, like you know, and I. And you were merely, you were merely a child at this time. Yeah, and yeah, but then it's just like that's that's 
we teach children that their worth is pegged on boys liking them, right? So, right, and it's it's very common, and maybe like we don't think about it, but that's what we say all the time. Like, that's true. Whatever, like you know, it's always like that. So I was determined. So when I like entered college, I said, you know, I'm going to have a lot of boyfriends, and I did. Wow! Without, <laughs> wow! Okay. Without without changing, like you know, I never really tried to become more feminine, and my parents never hassled me about you know dressing up more like a girl. It was really like more outside people who would always say back at you know, because I used to even like wear like men's clothing, but then I still had a lot of boyfriends in college. But you know, I. I always just wondered, like, I never took them seriously, parang, parang wala akong pakihilin. I'm just like, yeah, I, I don't like you anymore, or parang makikibreak lang ako ng wala. Like, you know, I, I got this reputation in college na parang, I even heard someone say na parang, oh, yan, parang nagpapalit lang ng damit yan pagka magpalit ng boyfriend or something. Parang ganun yung yeah. reputation ko. And then... I think I was um, late. I was late bloomer, like twenty-two years old when I actually became really attracted to a woman, and then it suddenly clicked. Parang oh my god, this is what's been missing all these years. Parang it made sense to me. Parang everything that I didn't have or couldn't feel for all the guys like I just felt for this one person and I just met her parang parang sobrang it clicked everything fell into place parang this is what this is what people have been talking about parang I discovered this is, this is love or I discovered <laughs> fire or whatever I didn't even know if it was love or whatever but it was definitely like the attraction that yeah. you know people feel for like another person regardless of gender but i was feeling it for a woman for the first time and Mm-mm. and when that happened to me for some gay people you know, like they feel a lot of shame or whatever for me it just made total sense and i just felt so strongly about it then i just was just like this this is like the truth and this is my reality and I was never ashamed of it because I just couldn't deny it It, to me it was so beautiful and so like great so I never tried to like be closeted or whatever I actually told everybody and you did I I was I was gonna ask you about that because it sounds to me like this was a self-discovery for you you were at the threshold of discovering yourself and the meaning of how it is to uh I guess to love and be loved truly Mm -hmm. by by another person it wasn't like a passing fancy or yung trends at school mag boyfriend mag girlfriend this was it for you but so you told everyone meaning your family and your friends so essentially you were coming out to them I told my friends, my family, because during that time, I, I moved away for college. Like, I went to school in Las mm-hmm. Banas. So, when I was only, like, 15, 16, I left home. I didn't really move back anymore. So, during that time, I was 22. I was away from home already. So, I didn't really tell my parents during that time. But I told, like, all my friends because I was so excited. I was just, like, parang mind-blown. But parang, oh, my God, this is it. Like, I've been, and I'm so crazy about this person and whatever. And... I, I, I was maybe I was like shocked but most of them were just like that's weird and but and dami mong boyfriend right so I, I don't understand or sila parang bakit or whatever and I I think I practically lost all my friends they're just like, too like weirded out or madaming pangaral like you know walang mangyayari sayo like you know if uh, and they were also so shocked because I guess I was already a little boyish but then like maybe they were expect but i had boyfriends so they were probably expecting that i would be attracted to someone a medium more butcher more masculine or whatever but yeah it's not that i was the first woman at least was very feminine so they most of them couldn't wrap their minds around it and like you know said a lot of like mean like things yeah I had to, like i really had to discontinue a lot of the friendships because it just you know it couldn't progress there's right. no way. There's no way if it's just going to be puro sermon going forward. Yeah. And I wasn't going to change my mind or have to explain to everyone all the time because it felt so strong. Like, although it didn't last. Yeah. Like, it completely oh. didn't last and I was like super heartbroken. But I think I had to lose those friends actually to, I guess, to gain new ones and to, Mm-mm. 
also because I wasn't planning on changing my mind or hiding, right? So yeah. I couldn't like really reconcile because most people they'll retreat back to the closet or if their friends mm. don't approve, like oh, sige na nga, hindi naman siguro. Like I'll just, you know, <laughs> I'll just try. Yeah. I'll just try to not be like that. But it was never that case for me. And after that, I just dated women exclusively after that. I want to ask you about this. And we can't just uh, set aside the fact that when you grow up in the Philippines, kasi, then you have to realize that it's a country that's heavily influenced by yeah. the Catholic Church. Yeah. yeah. So has that ever impacted you growing up in in the Philippines and knowing that not everyone, especially of faith, would understand that, you know, you are a certain way, you are a lesbian or you are, you are uh, discovering yourself in this manner. You know, I think everyone knows that religion is so deeply ingrained in us, in our families and culturally, right? Catholicism yeah. has such a control, not over like just everything else, but like how we think and not even talking about, you know, being gay, but even being straight. Parang we're raised in this uh, idea that sex is like taboo. It's something shameful. And then you're only mm. allowed to enjoy it if you're like a married couple. And even then, you're not really allowed to enjoy it. It's something kind of sinful. And there's just such a stigma about sex. And it's forcing people to, first of all, not educate their children or, and for like teenagers to not educate themselves. And then it's, you know, it's caused a lot of like unplanned pregnancies, unplanned families, second, third families, affairs, broken marriages, because it's, you know, you're not, you're not allowed to express yourself, discover, experiment, right? Or, you know, you're not, yes. Yeah, so, merona, even in the straight and heterosexual couples, such a stigma about sex. So, when it comes to gay people, it's like doubled and tripled and like because not only are you not allowed to have sex, you're not allowed to really exist. You're not allowed to not, you know, follow your gender norms, right? Yeah. And then the the topic of gay sex, it's like completely you're taught that it's completely wrong and shameful. And for many people, and I get these questions all the time. Um, from young people it's always about religion like how do you comp how do you reconcile religion with being mm -hmm. gay? it's always a question that I get I mean for me personally it wasn't really a big deal because the way we were raised we were just really raised to think for ourselves I mean religion was part of it you know for a portion of our childhood but it was really emphasized that you were going to think for yourself and if you want to choose a different spirituality then you choose your own path so I never like tortured myself then thought now, oh, this is a sin or yeah. people are not going to like me because, because their religion says it's wrong and I should be ashamed. Like, cause I never tried to conform in the other non-sinful ways, even before I realized that I was gay. So, but I do feel the struggle that everyone has being mm -hmm. Catholic or Christian and uh, gay or bisexual or trans because it's, thought that you were almost like disgusting and you shouldn't exist and you should change because you know it's completely wrong it's and you're going to hell and you're not you don't deserve love and it's to me like that's such a painful thing to teach your children that's for any true reason for any reason right wherever whatever they are like to actually tell your own child like who you are and how you you know, how you're, you act or dress is something unacceptable. I think it's the most, it's the most not only hurtful, but terrible, terrible uh, parenting that you yeah. can do. But I do understand the struggles that people have, and I do get a lot of questions about that. And the way I answer it is, I say, I have so many friends who are gay and religious. So... The way they've done it is to kind of separate their faith with mm -hmm. the religion as an organization made of people, right? Because your faith is, is your relationship with your supreme being or your God, right? And it's, it's just your one-on-one -on -one relationship and how your God guides you and how he, he, he or she 
or they give you comfort. And um, separate this from the religion itself, which is an organization made of humans, and they have their own motivations. And, you know, a lot of that also has to do with raising money, putting up a church, like organizing people. And these are usually the people who make these rules. Because they are nowhere in the Bible where you actually hear, like at least the Christian Bible, you'll hear like actually God saying, I hate gays and they should die. It's not in mm. the Bible. But these rules created by religion, it's, they're made by the humans who have to, for some reason, create these rules to whatever, control uh, people in their religion. So for the faithful who are also gay, you have to come up with a certain kind of like compromise and think about either accepting that your religion is not going to represent you and have your still your own relationship with your supreme being or have a different way of expressing your spirituality. Like in my case, right. I'm not super religious. I don't, I wouldn't say I'm like completely atheist or whatever, but I think I have my own spirituality and it doesn't depend on any organized religion made of people telling me the rules because I know I know like deep inside and any person going through a religious struggle uh, and being gay should realize that if your God really loves you there's no way that he or she or they would make you the way you are and make you disgusting or not worthy of love that's not mm -hmm. that's not a characteristic of any god in in any faith so it doesn't even like make sense and once you realize that you are you know worth the love and consideration and acceptance and you have that own conviction i think you can face you can face anything and you can stand up to your own religion or have your own way of expressing your religion but without that without you first accepting yourself and having that strong conviction that there's nothing wrong with you. There's no way that you can convince anybody else, especially anyone else who loves you, that yeah. what you're doing is right. Because imagine like, and I get this all the time, this question, I get this all the time, para, oh, my parents won't accept me kasi ganito ko, na ganito, sabi nila masama, whatever. But if you're really convinced na wala kang ginagawang masama, right? Then you would be proud. And then you would just say, if you accept me, then you do. If you don't, I can't do anything because this is me and I'm happy the way I am. And then the person you're talking to, who you're trying to get acceptance from, can then decide if they want to be part of your life or not. But if you approach them and say, or whatever, how are you? Well, how do you expect this person who loves you to be happy for you when you're miserable being gay? Yeah. <laughs> you're suffering it just makes you miserable why am i going to be happy for you why am i going to support you when you're just going to be sad you're just going to get sick or you're you're just going to get your heart broken right it's like you have to start with yourself and the moment you have that conviction and you love yourself and you accept yourself and you're really truly convinced that there is nothing wrong with you, then the rest of the world will follow. But until you get to that point, no one will believe you and no one will accept you because it doesn't make you happy and you don't accept yourself. It's just, that's just, I feel like it's pretty logical, but it's very hard to do. I, I don't remember anybody that I've encountered or has spoken to or had a conversation with who had insightfully and meaningfully answered that question ever until oh, with Shakira season seriously so I appreciate that I'm like I'm listening and I'm I'm absorbing all of these wonderful things and wonderful anecdotes that you're sharing mm -hmm. with with us today on the pod and there's actually a question you answered the, the next question eh, like how how do you advise people who are struggling reconciling yun nga, yung, their sexuality and their faith? But you put it so clearly for, for all of us that these two things, they can be separate. And yeah. you can still go on with, with yeah. living uh, precisely who you are. 
and just accept yourself yeah, for it first. The argument that I always give, especially like when there's like a homophobic response or they say like, oh, mm-hmm. sabi sa Bible, bawal ang bakla, God hates gays or whatever, so you should be ashamed of yourself. But I'll say like, well, your religion also tells you that premarital sex is wrong, but wala ka naman problema having sex, right? So why is it different? Because you, yourself, have separated your faith and the religion and the rules of your religion. So how come gay people can't separate that? Or how come you can't separate that for the benefit of gay people? Parang sinasabi oh yeah, same-sex marriage is wrong, hindi namin matatanggap, or whatever. But there are so many things na dinidisregard mo sa religion mo, right? Premarital sex, contraception, for one, right? Even answering back to your parents, like all these like dumb things like eating meat or during Lent and daming, daming nating parang we don't have a problem breaking those rules, right? But then maybe we have a problem when gay people break those rules or they have a separate like faith uh, uh, that's not, not part of their religion. Pero ikaw pwede ka, but why? I always question yeah. and it's, it's, I always question like straight people too because it's usually like that's the argument that we get. So I'm just like, I don't like how come you can make exceptions and how come we can't make exceptions? I can imagine you having some sort of friendly debate over topics like this too. Th- again, thank you for, for the way you have explained that. Has never been so clear for anyone, not oh, just me, you. but everyone listening on the pod. Thank you, Thanks Shakira. So now I want to fast forward our Quintuhan a little bit to the time when you met your wife. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, what is the story like for you? Can you tell us how you two met and eventually fell in love and got together as a okay. couple? Our very first meeting, it was uh, 1998. It, uh, the Asian Lesbian Network Conference was having its uh, first conference in the Philippines in UP Diliman. Um, mm-hmm. I wasn't attending, but I was dating someone who was one of the attendees and organizers. And she was visiting Manila from New York and then she was dragged to the conference by one of her friends who was attending but we didn't we we saw each other and we didn't really talk although during one of the parties like soiree but daring there like we got there oh okay little bit naughty with each other but we never spoke and she ended up, you know, dating someone and being in a relationship. And I had my own relationship. And then I think it was only four years later, na pareho kami na bakante. So. But you knew like, at the time you you already started a a friendship, so you were no, communicating no. na. Never. We were not, we were not communicating. I think when we first met, no, we actually did not exchange any words or we didn't like, contact info or whatever. We didn't communicate. It was only like. Um, she was visiting again and I was dating a friend of hers and then we kind of like started talking then but I was dating someone she was still dating someone else and then uh, I think we started talking like on and off like through email but then timing was awful huh (laughs) yeah and I think it had to be because I was only 22 you know it was yeah it was still a crazy time so I had a lot to learn also and so Eventually, we did finally nabakante kami pareho and we were both available and that was 2002 and she was visiting again. And we spent um, three weeks um, together and then Mm-mm. she went back to New York. That was, I think, like after a few weeks. Parang, I just felt like, I don't know what I'm still doing here, kind of. We thought that parang, oh, this is, we're, we're not going to be in an LDR and... I don't, you know, I think this is like, that was just, we had just had to accept that it was just like a fling or something, you know. So, okay. But, but you never had now. talks of, of, you know, proceeding and trying long distance relationship no, after no, the I three weeks. We, yeah, I think it was like out of the question, like, we'll see, like, oh, you know, we'll try or whatever. But it didn't really last long because I think like within the f- a month and a half, I was in New York already. <laughs> I just, oh, I just oh. and that was like that was like so crazy because and you know people I knew back then would you know remember this I did I, I said to myself when I was young that I would never leave the Philippines I was one of those loyalists 
hindi talaga ako aalis. I'm not gonna be like everyone else. Sinabi ko rin niya sa sarili ko dati. Right? Right? And I think like once you once you say that someone something is really going to challenge you, <laughs> you know, to challenge your convictions. And then I guess it, for me, it, yeah, it was my wife who came into my life. And then I was in the middle of, you know, I was uh, managing, helping my dad manage the family business. And then I was also um, in the middle of my MBA when mm-hmm. all of this happened. And then I just decided to like drop everything and just leave and go to New York. And I thought that it was going to be a disaster because we, we didn't know each other really. Right? But what so was the plan, Shakira, at the time? Well, you were well, you were 22 and you were in the middle of your life being 20, in the Philippines. I, I was 26 already that time. because At 26 you now, okay. Four years passed. For so, that period, yes. Yeah, well, you know, when she left, I think within the next week, few weeks, I think she also like felt like, you know, what is this? Are we going to do something about it or whatever? And she actually said, you know, would you like to go on an adventure with me? And I said, What okay, an invitation! And I said, oh, yeah, okay, sure. Like, I'll try. Wala pa akong USB sa nun, So, syempre, apply pa ako. It was, it was so nerve-wracking. And I did get the, the visa, so I, I came. And then, um, what was the plan? The plan was to see where this was headed. I was pretty convinced that it was going to be a disaster because that's just how things go. <laughs> like, we, don't, we didn't know each other or anything, but... It didn't, right? So th- that was 2002. And, um, and then 19 years later, here we are. I mean, that is such an amazing love story. I mean, yung, yung what initially started as a whirlwind romance. Yeah. Here you are, like you said, many, many years later and advocating for LGBT, being a writer and living your life in Brooklyn. I also understand that you left for the U.S. to be with your wife, yung, um, and that's changed everything for you mm-hmm. and i think that's a very brave thing for you to do just to sort of peel your your life yourself away from from your life in the philippines sabi mo nga, loyalist ka idealist ka hindi ka aalis mm-hmm. and at what point in your whole thought process na nasabi mo na okay there's there's no turning back this is it i'm taking i'm taking this road you know, once I actually came here, it was it was it was a struggle. It was very hard for me, and 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 that wasn't something that I expected. I just felt like you know Filipinos were so Americanized, right? Parang it's not going to be hard. I speak English, so it's going to be fine. But then you're brilliant. You know, <laughs> you're just, talented. Yeah, you, know, you know, like I spell my spelling is better. My grammar is better. You've got a degree. Yeah, right. You know, so parang. Right? But then, and this is why I also recommend to a lot of young people to just try to, to leave the, the country even for a little bit because it teaches you so much for your, about yourself and about the country that you left behind. And the criticism, I always, I, I always get this and a lot of um, Filipinos abroad get this all the time from Filipinos back home na parang iniwan niyo yung bansa niya, right? And so mm-hmm. it means, it doesn't mean enough you to stay but actually when you're displaced right you're displaced you're exiled you're away from everything that you know you're able to see a lot of things clearly and you actually hold so many things dear of your homeland because that's the only thing that you have it's you're not completely surrounded by it that you're able to take things for granted like you're by yourself and this was before social media, video calls, or anything. Mm-mm. So you're completely disconnected and out of touch. And you only have yourself and the memories that you have from back home. And how are you going to maintain your own identity and your own culture in a, such a foreign place? Even though I was with a Filipina and we had a mm-hmm. lot of you know, Filipino friends and there are Filipino restaurants, you still feel so lost because it's so different. The culture is different. The language you thought you spoke, hindi naman nila maintindihan kung nag-English ka parang. And then you don't really also understand American English. It took years for me to get used to it. Every single day, it's like a struggle of like, what's important to you? And are Mm -hmm. you Filipino? And what are you going to keep from that life? And I think you hold on to so many more things that you wouldn't actually even give a second thought. 
if you had stayed in the Philippines. So it, it was tough. It was tough for me. I was crying a lot of the time. A lot of the times, like, oh. uh, yeah, not because because you know I was lonely, but also it was tough for for me for the first few years. Right. Um, especially when you when you go abroad. You become so tough, right? Kasi parang Yes. Ikaw lang yung aasahan mo, 'di ba? Parang Yes. Parang, Totoo right? 'yan. And you really know this, especially like, I'm sure I'm sure mas lalo sa because you're in the Middle East, you know, and Pag nagkakasakit, yung ganyan you know, eh. I mean, you're going to have to tough it out. You're on your own, wala kang tatakbuhan, right? And then it's like, oh, merong nang nang harass sa iyo or nang bastos sa iyo or may nandaya sa iyo. You're going to fight your own battles. You can't run to any family member or you have to defend yourself or get over it or accept it, whatever your defeats are. There's just so much that you've had to take on yourself. Yeah. Just being away and not relying on anyone. Tapos, pag umuya ko sa Philippines, parang, my mom asked me, parang, I was afraid that you were going to get so tough, like the way everybody get stuff when they go abroad in Sabina. And were you? What did your I mom say? Were you exactly how she she thought parang, you were going to become? Like, you know. Talaga. I don't know, because I think you when you have to like find your own way and defend yourself and find your own battles and then you can't do that now. Back home someone either is fighting battles for you or there are battles that you cannot change then you're just like you you can't you can't go back to that the, the way yeah. you were before so it's sad in a way but then it's also like it's also good to accept the the life that you actually already have and it's not it's not a bad thing it's not a bad yeah. thing it doesn't mean you love your country less uh, it's you know and it's not a contest of like the longer you stay in the Philippines mas mahal mo yung Philippines or whatever I think tama lang madaming patriotic <laughs> may misconception yan eh yeah oh, na parang oh, eh. umalis umalis ka hindi mo na mahal yung Philippines but there's so many people who stay who you don't really love the country or you don't really like want the best for the country right like let's not measure it based on the number of years the next day because the Philippines or whether umalis ka or hindi first of all most Filipinos leave the the Philippines for financial reasons and you can't blame them for for what they need to do for their families and you can't also like say you love the Philippines less because kahit anong mahal mo sa Philippines if you can't, you can't feed your family it doesn't that's matter that's right that's true Kafribi, may tanong ako sa'yo. Have you experienced delays in money transfers abroad? Madalas ka bang nakaka-receive ng calls from your family about missed payment deadlines? Hassle, diba? Let me tell you a way around it. With a freebie app, you can pay directly to major billers in the Philippines. Iwas hassle, iwas delay. Payment done in just one click. Through this feature, you can also gift your family with load, e-cards, and more. For more information, go visit freebiecalls.com. Again, that's freebiecalls.com. Or download the freebie app now. Available on the App Store and Google Play. Discarding Pinoy, Discarding Freebie. So, Shakira, you flew to the States to be with your partner. Um, this was in 2006, Emma. 2002. 2002. So, how was day one like for you? I Well, you know... They, there's a saying that goes that smell is the strongest trigger of memory and what I remember wow. is that it smelled different everything smelled different mm. um, I, I came here in October so fall season so there's a different smell of like falling leaves here or like uh, wood burning in the fireplace and then like mm. visually what even the even the pigeons here are fat Kubakat parang yun. <laughs> oh, well fed sila. Oo, parang ang lulusog nila. Kahit yung mga stray birds, eh, parang lulusog sila. Tapos kahit yung, yeah, walang, wala, parang walang unhealthy looking. Or maybe I was just Uh-oh. looking in the wrong wrong place. That's what I, and also, I really felt like just being far away and lonely and away from everything I knew, you know. Which so was, so yes, it felt entirely foreign for you? It, you know, 
part of it was like, you know, we all grow up with the, with American culture embedded in us from the very beginning. So you always think that it's not going to be so unfamiliar. But mm-hmm. to me, I still felt like the difference, especially back then, 2002, um, New York was pretty diverse, but still in, there weren't really a lot of really people of color as much Mm-mm. as now. And it took me a while, I think, to also adjust to American English being spoken, and, you know, getting a job here and just getting used to American culture and being away from, you know, my friends and yeah. everything I knew. Ikaw ba yung tipong OFW na naghanap ng like-minded people na naghanap ng community kaagad online because uh, you do all sorts of sports and you know that you have your yung mga personal inclinations mo towards uh, yung mga endurance training and all that and basketball did you look for friends who are also into those things or well, like you said selective ka talaga when well i didn't really get into the the running and the stuff other stuff until like eight to ten years for the first few years it really was just work and mm-hmm. um, you know my partner and her family and her friends and she was very like my, my wife is very sociable she's a social butterfly completely complete opposite of me and she had her own network here of uh, Filipina lesbians already and also also mm-hmm. Asian lesbians so it was very easy for me to find like like-minded people and we never really like had a problem as far as like friends i just you know started hanging out with the friends that we we all had and we didn't really have to and this is new york too so it wasn't hard to find like your own uh, circle to be with yeah and tell me this despite what the us offered at some point meron ka pa rin bang certain longing uh, to go home or to this day, ha, and it still miss the Philippines. Or would you say that really New York is now your home? We've built like a life here, and you know, it's 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 not it's not a bad life. Of course, we still very much enjoy going to the Philippines. Sometimes we think about you know, siguro when we retire, we kami, or you know, who knows? But Mm-mm. it's it, I think it's very hard to have your heart two places at one time you kind of have to make the most of where you are because it's too painful right it's too painful na parang you're longing for something else na you can't have you know yeah again, that's parang, true parang pag-ibig, right parang oh. it's the same right <laughs> parang, yeah like wala, wala ka naman magagawa so itatanggapin mo na lang like like also what you have so uh, at a certain point you just have to accept like where where you've built your life. Mm-mm. And then I was very active in social media too. Has social media um, played um, like a significant role in fostering, you know, your strong connections with your family still in the Philippines and Philippines in general as your homeland? Yun ba yung naging constant sa buhay mo now that um, you're far away? Social media or is it like uh, yung regular calls to the family? How do you stay uh, strongly connected with everyone back home? Uh, and interestingly enough, actually, it's only during the pandemic that I started having regular calls with my family. Kasi Same here. Yeah, right? Right, like because everyone's on lockdown. So, you know, my, my parents are uh, older. And so my oldest sister decided to organize like regular calls with my parents. Para malibang naman sila, especially because they can't mm. leave the house. So, and we started that. And actually, it's the first time. In almost two decades of being here, na mayro kaming regular calls with family, which is actually very strange. It's very strange. Why? A lot of like insight to learn because we never had communi- that much communication before, even when we were physically around each other. And then mayro regular communication. It's almost like we have to. It's first time we're building some kind of like family dynamic or whatever yeah yeah that's another topic altogether and uh, as far as like social media like it's helped me become more connected to the philippines and actually like people who read the stuff that i write you know and i try to maintain like regular communication with with them and social media has definitely helped a lot in that respect 
Now, I want to ask you next, and uh, if you can give us a little bit of um, like an insight, because in the Philippines, you've got your your degree, and you're you're an excellent writer. And sabi mo nga kahit na iba yung natapos mo, talagang you gravitated towards writing. How easy or hard was it for you to get a job abroad and uh, to to start a life as a professional in the U.S.? Tell me about ano yung mga main struggles mo, ano yung mm-hmm. naging highlights that you can still remember to this day, mm-hmm. getting to to the point where you are now as a oh, professional. Okay. Yeah. Uh- I don't know if you're all like familiar with like American like immigration system. Like in order for tell me, I mean it's pretty difficult. I think it's very like challenging. Uh, When I first got here, in order to stay, I had to get a work visa. So kailangan mong magkanap ng job na magsponsor sa yo, and that was nearly impossible back then and completely impossible now. It's just it's just very hard. So. Um, but I was determined, right? Because I had moved here to be with my partner. So I said, I'm just going to try. So I actually have a picture of this moment where I'm posing with all of the resumes, the letters that I was going to send to like, Oh, wow. Over a hundred, um, veterinary clinics in the area, just a shot in the dark. I just got the yellow, yellow pages, right? So then I just like, I said, I'm going to mail my resume with a letter. I'm willing to do anything, whatever, start from zero. Within a mile radius, Bayan? Oh, we actually <laughs> like the tri-state, tri-state area. The tri-state. Okay. Tri-state area. So pretty ambitious, but shot in the oh, dark. Oh, I, but I was determined. <laughs> I am going to do it. So I have this picture in the middle, all these things. So I sent those out. There, I got one response. And um, it was a clinic, uh, maybe like 15 blocks from where we live. So pumunta ako dun sa clinic and then there's this uh, white guy, the vet, the boss. So in interview ako and sabi niya, so you graduated from the, the University of the Philippines? So for me, like in the, I have never heard anyone say University of the Philippines before. That's right? UP, so, right? <laughs> right, yeah. So, so I'm like, why do you know this school? And then he pointed to his diploma behind him. Tapos UP. You no! Are you serious? Vet Med. What? So, what is his name? And I, I actually recognized him. And he was like one of the foreign students there during that time, a few years older than me. And then I saw the other diploma, which belonged to the other boss there, another white guy. And he graduated from Araneta University. Oh my goodness. Galing. Okay. Luck and like chance, right? And would never have happened if I didn't send like all those resumes and whatever. Right. Angaling. Then he said, Well, we had the same teachers and we have the same training. So whatever I know, you know. So Angaling. you know, you 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 got the job. And I said, Are you going to sponsor me? He said, Yes. So biglang my job na ako that time. It's completely just out of chance and just an absurd story, but... What an amazing story! Oh my goodness! It's like meant to be. Oh, so oh. I stayed there for uh, a couple of years. And yeah, and then I, I, got, I got burnt out of like trying to be a vet. Yeah. And then I started to do something else. The freebie! Dito sa Great Connections Podcast, lagi nating sinasabi na importante ang maging connected ka sa pamilya mo. And alam mo ba na Freebie offers the most convenient way to connect with your loved ones through its Freebie Calls feature. Basta online na din ang pamilya mo sa Freebie, pwedeng-pwede kayong makipagkwentuhan. Araw-araw na walang kaltas sa load. At pag hindi pa laging online ang pamilya, okay lang yan. You can also enjoy making direct international calls to the Philippines at the most affordable rates and even free. With Freebie's three ways to call, Connecting with your family has never been easier. O, di ba? Ilang diskarte sa pagiging connected. So, download the Freebie app now. Diskarteng Pinoy, Diskarteng Freebie. Available in Google Play Store and App Store. Now, we've we've heard how 
spontaneous and how as if you know the hand of God placed you in that moment and really reserved that job for you and how you got your first job pero how about certain biases uh, living abroad and working as a professional like gender bias discrimination at work racism if we yeah. may or may, ba? did you experience those yeah you know as a person of color um, I think racism is part of your daily life like it might not be like you know overtly like a racist moment mm. where someone is harassing you but just simple biases that you hear like you know um, when I was first starting and you're just talking to a client, that was you mm. comment and like, oh, wow, like your English is good for an oriental girl. You know, oriental like, girl. Yeah. You know, just parang, parang why? Like, I'm just wondering, like, why am I supposed to not speak English based on how I look? Like, because that's already the bias, right? Like, you're, you're not supposed to be able to speak the language. Or, hindi ka pa nagsasalita, mabagal na sila magsalita na parang hindi mo may <laughs> ay natawa ko doon oo because that also right. happens here oo, right. a lot slow motion na sila tas may sign language na or I've been in a job interview where hindi pa ako nagsasalita the question already is are you gonna have trouble with the English language you know wow. and, and, you know you have to take all these things in stride because you're just like you're you're an immigrant right and obviously mm you're a minority so you have to understand like how people think of you it's not right and these are their biases and you can't really like do anything even though sometimes you're mad kasi parang eh mas magaling kaya ako mag English sayo tsaka yung spelling ko kaya mas magaling and it's true <laughs> but, but this is but this is an internal conversation you have yeah. with yourself huh? okay you've never really spoken because, out oh, okay no, because like I also used to get it like at my old job talagang ako yung i-criticize kasi ako daw yung wrong grammar kasi sila naman yung obviously like wrong grammar and wrong spelling and then they're just like shut up you're the foreigner like okay I guess you're right because I'm the foreigner or whatever and then you just you learn to live with this and then you're just like oh at least it's not worse I mean I've gotten as far as like someone actually calling me and you probably can't you have to mute this but they said they, I, I've, I've gotten called a before you, you know, have so, yeah, so, okay. um, and then I was, I, I wanted to be like, but I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, you know? uh, inject yeah. humor na lang talaga. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, you know, you know, we've heard about the recent, like, rash of anti-Asian violence mm. lately because of, you know, the uh, former president we had and the way he spoke about the virus and, and so now the Asian community is targeted. So that's pretty scary. And it takes like mm-hmm. racism to the, uh, the whole new level. But at the same time, um, people of color have been targeted before. And I feel like, you know, it's just for this particular time, it's like Asian Americans are being targeted. It's not right. It's still scary. But it just lends to the reality that as a person of color, you are always targeted, thought of as different. And there will always be biases against mm-hmm. you. It's just part of your reality. And actually, you already have that armor and you're already cautious. And you know, and you know this being a foreigner where you are, you already have that, you know, radar of like danger. Right. Especially being on your own. So that's just the reality that we have. How about gender biases as a gay woman in in the workplace, any experience um, uh, that's worth noting or that you would like to share, and how you how you um, managed that, the situation? How yeah. did you go about it? Well, fortunately, Brooklyn, at least in our neighborhood, is pretty like progressive. Actually, mm. known as, like, oh, that's great to the, know. The gay gay er- more gay areas of uh, New York City, so it wasn't really that hard, but. I have to say that, you know, for the first few years I was here, I think I pretty much like, I was pretty like gender conforming. I wasn't very feminine, but I had longer hair. It was a different time, 2002. So, you know, I wasn't out in the workplace. I didn't really like, you know, come in there being out. And I just kept to myself. And uh, I said, I live with my cousin because I didn't really know, you know, or you know, that might be a reason that 
I might get discriminated. So, and also back then, even though this was a very progressive area, like my then partner, my wife now used to warn me na wag kami holding hands because we might get you know bashed or you know hate mm-hmm. crime kami. And and when I first moved here, sabi ko parang ang lungkot nyo naman. Parang dalawang babae hindi pwede holding hands, but in the Philippines oh. we can do that. Like BFFs. Yeah, right? So parang sa'yo, what a sad people you are. Meron pa akong ganun eh. Pero, <laughs> pa Listen ganun. to you. Meron pa akong ganun. Meron pa akong reklamong ganun. But actually, it wasn't like religious discrimination, but just like someone crazy, like attacking you, like for being gay. But, you know, that was um, 19 years ago and that so much has changed with um, legalization of gay marriage and all the protections that we now have for gay people has changed a lot but mm-hmm. not just safety wise or protection in the workplace but also you the attitudes of people towards gay people and um and it's it's actually very it's interesting because like for example i i started a job about five years ago and that was already the right. time that legal na yung gay marriage and it was illegal to discriminate gay people. And mm-hmm. I said, I'm going to start this job being out. Wow. So Good on I you. How was that like? I didn't want to, hindi man ako mag-a-announce, right? I didn't want Uh-oh. to like, oh, hi, I'm gay. But what I did on my very first day, I put my wedding picture on my desk. Oh, you did? Ang sweet and then, so, so in my head, sabi ko, you know what? Everyone here is wedding picture, family picture on their desk, right? It's no issue. So I'm going to put my wedding picture. If you have an issue with it, you deal with it. Because hindi ko issue yan, right? So if you want to like think whatever you think or if you want to discriminate against me, like, well, that's illegal. And that's your issue. It's, I said this time, it's not going to be my problem. Like it's going right. to be your problem to deal with it. So Interestingly enough, like it's really just all positive responses, or it's not a big deal, or they have to keep it to themselves because they're not allowed to to say, to it say anything. To say yeah. anything loud. But I think it's also because of, you know, when gay marriage became legal, it became like a normal thing. Where it's just everyone, you know, somebody who's a same sex couple who got married. So it's just, it's ordinary now. And if, hmm. even if, even if, before that time you were close-minded you had to deal with that reality and it's it's true what um and this is like a and i'm re-paraphrasing a quote from hillary clinton when she said that sometimes you have to pass the law before the attitudes of people change and i think that's what happened when um they passed the same-sex marriage law then people's attitudes change and also gay people became safer and more free i know that Definitely, they legalized same-sex marriage in New York City. I felt seen and I felt like, you know, if I'm walking around in the city, tapos merong mag-harass amin and my police no makakita, it's his job now to protect me. Yes, right? to serve and, and protect you. Right, and it's whether or not you feel that way, that's your job now because it's the law. So it made you feel mm-hmm. kind of like, you know what, the law is on my side and it made you feel a little bit safer. Mm. And what would you advise though? Because naging ano, I mean, in your case, in based on your experience, um, you had you had the law. I mean, everybody recognizes the law. Uh, for others who are living elsewhere um, in other parts of the world, or perhaps, you know, listening to us and being an OFW in a foreign country. Mm-hmm. What, what would your advice be if um, right now they're struggling with gender biases, ganyan, uh, mm-hmm. being a gay woman or a gay man, yeah. living abroad and working? I know, what's, what's a piece of advice that you can give them? You know, I mean, my, my outlook, of course, is very privileged because... You know, I live in a country where this is all legal and we have all the protections, but most of our OFWs are in countries that are very conservative, right? And they have all mm, these laws. That's true. And not even just about being gay, but just like you don't have really any rights or protections as, you know, a, a Filipino or a foreigner, a foreign worker Mm-mm. in those places. And you, I'm sure you, you know about this. My only, like, advice 
especially to gender non-conforming people or like gay people, trans people is OFWs especially is uh, you nangibang bansaka for a reason, right? And you have your own mm-hmm. goals and your objectives and the things that you want to achieve. And there's really like you have to focus and just really set your eyes on what you hope to accomplish for yourself and your family. And it's very difficult reality to be like on your own in a place na wala kang rights and you know that you can't really, you know, speak your mind or fight for mm-hmm. yourself. So it's hard to say, but I'm sure that, you know, uh, rest of um, LGBTQ people, like, for us, hiding is almost like also a second nature way to protect ourselves. Yeah, self-preservation. You just, yeah, you just have to try and to, I guess, be under the radar and we're so used to this and you just have to find like your own people and you have to find people that you trust, circle of friends maybe that you can be yourself with. It's very important, and, you know, I, it's hard enough, actually, even if you're not, you know, you're not gay, but it's even doubly hard if you are, especially in very conservative countries that you know it's never going to, it's never, it's never going to be okay. Because it's like, it's yeah. closely, it's closely tied, right, with um, economic situation also and the treatment of women and children in those countries. If women mm. and children aren't really treated well in those countries, parang, you know, all the more gay people aren't. And if the economic situation is not good, you know, and, and, um, yeah, so just try to find your own space and your own people and try to just focus on your objectives. Well, I think I mentioned earlier, in, uh, as far as like, as, at least in my earlier years, uh, I wasn't really gender nonconforming. So it was very hard if they wanted to discriminate against me based on, being gay also i've always been in an area and a medio at least you know tolerant or accepting of of being gay but yung sinasabi mong about you know being a double minority i do feel that uh all the time because it's like you're not just you know you're i mean you're many layers right so you're many minorities actually yeah you're many you're, many a, you're a foreigner you're foreigner right you're so yeah, so it's, there's a lot, like, to, there's a lot of biases that you can experience aside from just plain person of color or you're Filipino or you're Asian, whatever biases that they have, and then you're gay. So, yes, I mean, I've experienced that, like, I, like, really had a negative experience. I feel like, and then, actually, mas madami pa akong experience sa Philippines ng discrimination about being gay no <laughs> really in, in new york actually yeah. yeah some of my jobs that i had in the philippines major it was rough <laughs> yeah. now as we come to a close uh shakira i i want to ask you this also now you know about the importance of finding your tribe would you say that you were able to find a supportive community? Because you did mention this earlier na mm-hmm. yun nga, being an OFW and then you're, you're gay and then yun nga, you're an immigrant or a foreigner. There's so many layers of, of uh, being a minority just rolled into one and there's a lot to unpack. Alam mo yun? So is it highly important? For, for one person, for whether heterosexual or you're straight or gay na, to find your tribe or to find a community that would support mm-hmm. you and help you get through difficult times. I'm telling you a story. There was once a young gay man who came to me for advice about, you know, being gay, difficulties. Mm-hmm. And I, what I said to him was this, your struggles as a gay person, actually or any str- person with struggles, your struggles are never your own. There's always been someone before you and there will always be someone after you. It's just a continuous thing. If you're an oppressed minority, a lot of things will not change and people will have their own biases. And your, your job is to learn from the ones before you and to make it easier for the people after you. And the only way you can do that is to reach out to people like you. And, you know, and it's, it can be hard because, you know, it's very isolating. but 
you have to remember that uh, marginal, marginalized groups throughout history have been able to rise up and help themselves and, you know, um, get the rights that they deserve by uh, joining together and sharing their experiences and, and their struggles. And someone out there will help you understand how they did it. And especially for Pinoy's, you know, moving here, it's always helpful to hear someone else's experience kung paano nila ginawa before. Mm-hmm. It's, sometimes it's hard also to kind of like humble yourself and admit that, you know, you could use the help, but there's so much to learn from our fellow Filipinos abroad. So yes, it's very important, especially for LGBTQ community to just find your your own people. And And I've always believed that your family is chosen. So you can always create your own family. Like, for example, here in the States, during the holidays, we have our friends and we have our own kind of family gathering. And we're all immigrants, right? And our families are all far away. And we, we kind mm-hmm. of like come together. And then you just, you make the most of what you have. It's, I think admitting that it's tough, I think, will help you um, reach out more to people like you. Shakira, thank you so much for the lessons, the insights, mm-hmm. and this meaningful conversation. Oh, thank you. You know, as a whole, yung mga natutunan namin sa yung ngayon, yung mga kwento mo, and your life experiences. Now, as we wrap up, we're about to end the interview. Mm-hmm. I want to ask you just one last thing. As a final advice now on living a completely different uh, life in a completely different country, what's your advice? about to become an OFW themselves and listening to the podcast today and they have you in their ears. About like people na gustong maging OFW, I think the most important part, you know, struggles are always gonna be there. Loneliness anjan lahat. But bakit ba tayo ibang bansa? For the most part, it's to improve our life and, and to improve our family's life. And the most important True. thing we have to remember and prioritize as OFWs is financial security. Like, karamihan sa atin nag-abroad tayo, right? And then, whatever we earn, pinapadala lang sa Philippines. And you just entrust it to a family member who might not have the same goals as you. Like, have the have your own goals and have your own plans and make sure that your money is being put to good use. Kasi, and daming uh, nating naririnig na they work all their lives abroad pinadala nila yung money nila sa Philippines and then they retire pag-uwi nila wala silang kahit anong savings right and you're back to square one and you worked all your life to do that mm-hmm. like have you know learn or ask around how to have like you know be a little more financially savvy and I always say this also that someone's already accused me of um that it's my favorite word though is emergency fund. what is emergency fund. oh i love that i love that term too i have that yeah so <laughs> i work on my emergency fund i was always saying like what's your advice what's your advice and I, i'm always say i always say emergency fund and so they said is that your favorite word i said no but it should be yours if it's not your favorite word and if you're not saving for an emergency fund you are in a dangerous situation because especially you know we tackled this before you're on your own in another country. Ikaw lang yung aasahan mo. And sometimes, ikaw lang yung aasahan ng family mo, right? And if you don't have an mm. emergency fund, all it takes is one accident. You get sick or you lose your job all of a sudden. And if you don't have that financial cushion, and I recommend one year of expenses, where, where, where are you going to get the money? Saan ka mangutang yan? Saan yung pang tuition? You know, so, you know, you will be in a in a bad situation if you you spend all that you earn on other things right. or, or luxuries before securing your emergency fund. I think it's very, very important, especially for those of us who are abroad. And sorry if that's a cheesy, not, not LGBTQ ending, but <laughs> having, having an emergency fund, it gives you so much confidence too. Leave a bad situation, leave a bad relationship, leave a bad job, and it just makes you feel like you're going to be okay no matter what happens. So 
it, I can't stress the importance of that more. And message received. Again, thank you very much, Shakira, uh, for this lovely conversation. And dami namin natutunan sa you today. And I'm sure our <laughs> listeners on the pod would uh, keep repeating and going back to this episode to, you know, just absorb and relive your words uh, on the on the show today. Maraming maraming salamat. Thank and you we so hope much. to uh, we hope to hear from you again in the future, in the not so distant future. Oh, Where can we follow so you, by the way? Where can we follow uh, you on social media? Uh, I'm on Twitter, Shakira Season. I am on Instagram, Shakira Season. I am on Ask FM, also Shakira Season on Facebook. It's I think it's Season Shakira, and just Google. I'm all over the place, I guess. <laughs> so I hope <laughs> you made you like, yourself available. <laughs> I hope I hope you like what you find, and if you don't, then too bad. <laughs> I, we will. We definitely will. Thank you, Shakira. It's been wonderful. And uh, stay safe. Stay safe out there. Everyone and uh, say hi to the wife. And thank you so much for having me. Everyone, please stay safe and healthy. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for this. It was fun. Again, thank you so much to the one and only Shakira Season for dropping by the pod. One of the things that I picked up from our conversation with Shakira is that there are always going to be people who do not understand who you are. But don't let that hold you back from discovering more about yourself. And don't compare your journey to the journey of others. Yes, challenges are inevitable, but living abroad doesn't have to come at the expense of being proud of who you are. May discarte dyan. And with that, Thank you so much for tuning in. I hope you guys enjoyed that episode. Join us again in the next one. And don't forget to subscribe to this podcast on Spotify and Apple Podcast so you won't miss an episode. Share it with your friends and family as well. My name is Chloe, and this has been another episode of the Great Connections Podcast. See you in the next episode. The views and opinions expressed by the podcast creators, hosts, and guests do not necessarily reflect the official policy and position of Podcast Network Asia. Any content provided by the people on the podcast are of their own opinion and are not intended to malign any religion, ethnic group, club, organization, company, individual, or anyone or anything. <laughs>